two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Well, Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just OK Sports Podcast. That is the Just Oklahoma Sports Podcast, although it is Just OK as well. I'm one of your village aides, Daryl. I'm here with my brother, Jared. Jared, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm tired today. Uh, I landed at uh, landed back in Florida because I was in Oklahoma, as we announced, I believe, on the previous pod or whatever it was. Yes, we did. Uh, I was sitting right next to you. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was in Oklahoma, so I flew in last night. My flight, I think, landed at like 12.30 or something. I don't remember. Um, sometime after midnight. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little tired because I like basically got home, um, you know, and then tried to like kind of not just throw everything at the front door and go to bed, even though I really wanted to. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, got in, got to bed to bed. But I, I can tell you a quick Florida man story because it didn't take long for me to get to the state of Florida and have a Florida man story for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. You're in. Yes. I think I, I think I am. We didn't preface this before the pod. You yeah. said it needed to be live. So here yeah. we go. So, so I, and Daryl, Daryl hasn't like, yeah, usually like I tell him these stories, like, or give him a little bit of a taste before. And this time I'm like, I need the full, full reaction. So I land, I, my flight was a little late, nothing big. Right. Get off the plane. Everything's smooth. It is weird when you get off of, it's like, the one weird thing about landing in Orlando specifically, it's probably maybe this way, way everywhere in um, Florida that feels maybe worse than Orlando because of tourism and all that. But like I so said, we landed after midnight. So like the entire airport's empty and there's just like, there was our plane and like two other planes that landed at the same time, basically, like mm-hmm. all back to back to back. And so it's like this just giant horde of people walking through the airport and then like everything else is empty. It was really weird. Um, But anyway, we get off. I get my, my bag. I order an Uber. It took me like literally like 15 minutes just to order an Uber because there were so many people waiting to get picked up at the airport. So I'm sitting there and there was these two women next to me and uh, one of them was in a wheelchair and one of them was, you know, fine and was just like trying to like organize how to get her friend in this car because she's trying to get into a uh, like a like a Jeep, like I don't know, like a Cherokee or whatever, one of the small ones, right? And um, I like the, the Uber driver goes over there and like, he's really nice and like helps her and pushes her over to the car and is being patient with her and trying to help her help this lady out of the wheelchair into the car. And she's the whole time she, I can hear her that she's throwing a fit. She's on the other side of the car, like of the, uh, the car from where I'm standing on the curb. Finally get my Uber order. And like, again, this is like from that time, she's still trying to get in the car for like 15 minutes. So my Uber finally pulls up. And immediately he pulls up right behind that car and I see him get out. And I was like, that's strange. So I walk over and I'm like, hey, you know, it's like, what's going on? And like I look over and this this lady has fallen out of the car onto the ground. Right. And so like he's like me and him go over like I throw my bags just like behind his car and go over there and start trying to help her up. Like me, it was me, like a traffic guy, the Uber driver, my Uber driver. And, you know, like there's like four of us trying to help this lady up. And she all of a sudden out of nowhere, like we've got her halfway up, right? Like she's basically sat up almost. We've almost got her to where like we can put her back in the chair. 
And she's like, no, don't touch me. Don't sexually assault me. And we were like, like all of us looked at each other and we're like, and like the Uber driver's like still trying to grab the chair. And she's like, no, put me down, put me down on the ground now. And so like we sat her down and like I said, nobody's like, nobody's like, like nobody's doing anything. And this lady just starts wailing at like the top of her lungs. Like we put her back on the ground and she's like screaming almost at the top of her lungs in the front of the airport draw our pickup. And so like my Uber driver and I just looked at each other and it was like the like morbidly one of the worst, like the funniest things. So we both looked at each other and we were like, all right, man, we're out. So like we just went and got in the Uber and took off. But I was like, (laughs) bro, like what? Like literally she waited until like literally all we had to do was like slide the chair so she could sit in it. And she like literally screamed to the point of like she was like trying to like flail to get out of it. I was like, bro, like I just got into Florida and I've already got people doing Florida. Like I'm going to be in the I was like, I'm going to be in the paper for like Florida man, you know, cause a scene outside airport or something. So anyway, didn't take long. Didn't take long. So I've like barely been outside today. I'm like, I've had my fill of Florida. Just going to chill. So but very nice. I got enough sun this weekend anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We definitely did on our side of the state. Yeah, I have we a, definitely did. I don't, I don't, you probably can't see it on camera, but I have like, because I was wearing my hat backwards. I had a, like, bought a new hat. I was wearing it backwards. Yeah. The, uh, the strap. Got the line. Yeah. Yeah. I got the little, the little, uh, like the, I call it the, the, uh, the white arch, you know, where you get that yes. little, like, the, the, yeah. I got that. So that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of, um, accusations shall we say. Uh, I think we have to start the pod as we get ready to go into the SMU deal just to address the Art Brile situation that went all around Twitter and the radio and was a banner on ESPN and several other things. RJ Young is really all up in arms about it. Um, when is RJ not cetera, up in arms about something? Though? Exactly. Uh, at least he wasn't on a step mill. Uh, so... Anyways, all those things happening. So, Jared, I'll, I'll just give the floor to you. Your thoughts on the situation. Levy, obviously, we're recording this on Monday evening. So, Levy has yeah. spoken to the media and read, which was funny. I have a statement to read. He obviously did not read a statement, uh, but it was prepared. <laughs> and so, yeah. anyways. Um, look, we talk, We did talk about this a little bit in the uh, the ride to the airport. And my, my view uh, is... Um, by the way, my it got dark because my cat just jumped in front of my light. Um, <laughs> welcome to my life. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal uh, in the sense of this incident and its own, like it's getting blown out of proportion. Even like I even had like a couple of my OSU friends who I thought these they're going to pile on like they're going to be like and they're like, dude, I don't think it's that big a deal. And I was like, yeah, like I, like my thing is, is it was a big deal because of how it was reported. And I've taken the center center on this of being like Parker Thune should have posted the picture, but there should have been context. Right. Yes. Um, And then, cause you were like, we were listening to the radio on the way home and reading articles. And it was like, well, Art Bryles was sideline and he had sideline passes and he was, it was like making like, he was this guest of honor. And it's like, that was nowhere near the case. Mm -mm. Um, That was made very clear afterwards. Um, and the only other thing I guess I would say, cause I'm going to keep it short cause I don't want to go into this too much. Obviously Josie and Brent were extremely upset about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like Debbie's burnt any chance he has of like, this happens again. I don't see how, like I, 
I feel like the optics are so bad at this point. And with what he said today, how he reacted post game, all those right. things, it's like if he says if if if, or if Art Browse ends up on the field again at any point, right? At that point, I'm not calling for Levy's head, you know. Now, but it's like I don't know how the university employs somebody that's going to give such bad optics, right? On that situation, so that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. I don't. I think it was blown out of proportion. People need to realize. People need to understand again. Not there as a guest of honor. Not there with sideline passes. He was just there at the game. Came down. Shouldn't have happened, in my opinion. But obviously, there's now it's like if this hasn't been the the only thing I'll give and this will wrap it up. I feel like the university itself needs to actually make an official fully qualified statement as to what those boundaries maybe are, you know, as far as if is art not allowed on stadium grounds? Is he not allowed on the field? Is he not allowed? Where is he not allowed? Right. And at what mm-hmm. times? Um, because if not, then everybody's going to be able if this, if this does happen again, even if they fire Levy, it's going to be, what, what, what were the rules? Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and like I said, it's going to open up the door for people to say, well, he's in the practice facility and he was, yeah. he was spot outside Everett or, you know, whatever. So anyways, but what's your thoughts? Give me your thoughts. Um, yeah, I felt like you said it well, you can't put that picture out and again, I don't know Parker Thune personally, as, as far as I can tell, um, reading everything and all those things, he was the first one to to put it out there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And literally all he says is Art Browse is in the house. And based on the way the picture was taken with no context, no time frame of when this was happening or anything else, it made it seem as though Art Browse was standing on the sideline as a guest of OU football. And the reality is he was there as a guest of his daughter, a.k.a. Jeff Levy's wife, right? And we also find out later on, especially the next day, it was 30 minutes plus after the game was over. No players were on the field. And not only that, I actually heard today listening to the Scoop guys uh, that like where all the team stuff is by the tunnel and everything, it was actually all the way on the other side of the field. So, like, not only did he, like, just come down with his daughter and grandkids, he was on the other side. Now, we all understand the lightning rod that Art Bryles is. I don't want to try to pretend like he doesn't have the past, but, like, at the same time, for whatever reason, the man's not in jail for any crimes. And, like, I told you, like, as much as I don't like it and as much as it makes me really frustrated, um... I also don't want to be this person that says, well, you did a crime or I think you did a crime or whatever else. Therefore, you can't go exist anywhere in life because that's crazy talk. Right. So the optics, I think, and the and like even Brent's presser afterwards, the question to him was, were you aware that Art Browse was on the sideline? That's a different question than did you know that Art Browse came to watch the game tonight? Right. Like that. That sounds completely different. Um, between the two things and even with the picture with no context i'm sure the the sid department was like hey what's art briles doing on the field right like mm-hmm. and again it's just so far from context and then you put jeff levy in the situation of let's just say for instance he's in a suite or whatever with his daughter and his grandkids she wants to go down and see her husband at 30 minutes after the game and she just says well come on 
You know, like Jeff doesn't have anything to do with that. Brent doesn't have anything to do with that. And now somebody snaps a photo and it and it blows out of control. So, you know, again, it's a bad situation. It's a bad look. This was the thing we were worried about with Jeff Levy being hired um, and all those things. But the way that it's been spun is bad. Even RJ Young's deal all day today, he was on the sideline. No, he wasn't. Like it, like that's the, the misconstruing of it all. So, um, you know, look, Art Browse is what he is. I don't like him. I don't like him being anywhere around the program. At the same time, he is a free man that's allowed to go see his wife, or see his daughter, to see his grandkids. And Jeff Levy should not say you can't be in the Norman City limits because of your past. Like I don't, I I well, I, I can't do that as much as. I don't want to be anywhere around him or have anything to do with him. Well, and let me ask this because uh, I know we talked about this a little bit in the car. What what is your feel now? I like because my thing is is I might I made the argument um, that obviously I feel like the athletic department has a right to say like he's not allowed on stadium grounds potentially. Um, you know, I they, they obviously can't say he's not allowed. In Norman City limits, that's that's where they're right. You know, um, you know, even like campus grounds or whatever. I don't know how far they make that boundary, but would you be okay? Like, if the university came out, let's say tomorrow, and said our brows is banned from any sort of athletic department areas or university campus or whatever, what's your feels on that? I, that I hate it. I mean i I get what you're saying, and like I told you in the car. I feel like they may do something like that now because this has happened. Right. But again, with the hours these men work with, I mean, like seriously, like if Jeff Levy's got one of those nights where he's game planning or watching film at nine 30 at night in the office and his wife wants to come up and see him because she hasn't seen him in three days. Cause he's been out recruiting and whatever. And her dad's with her. He can't do that. There's no players there. He's not talking to the team. He's not influencing anything. Well, like he can't like, you know what I'm saying? Like she picks him up from the airport and goes, Hey, Jeff's still up watching the deal. I want to run by and see him. You can't even be in the car with me. Cause we're technically on university grounds. Or if I pull in the parking garage, you're technically on, on sport facility grounds. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Like there's just, well, but it's, it's one of those so things much into it. I, you know, and, and I get where you're coming from. I also think that, you know, and this is the argument that I've, I have seen people make that I kind of agree with where, Jeff's wife and Art have to know the lightning rod that he is yep. and have some sort of awareness of what the optics are going to be with that. Right. Correct. So again, maybe that's not Levy's fault. I don't know. It's a complicated situation. It's a lot more gray than people are going to try to paint it out to be the, the bad thing. I've seen some people be like, well, the Mel Tucker thing is going to, you know, pull the headlines. Cause all that's, and that's apparently pretty bad. I don't know. I've, I've read yeah. some stories. Yeah. Did you hear the leaked video or the leaked I've, audio? I have not. Yikes. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, but I was like, that's not going to be, I think that's going to have the opposite effect because now it's going to be, is OU supporting somebody that, you know, did what our brows supposedly did or whatever. We're going to frame that yeah. as. Um, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it is what it is. So I think we move on because we had a game Saturday. You and I were there. Uh, we had a good time. We even almost had a UFC fight. That was a lot of, uh, I don't know oh if that was a lot gosh. of fun, but it was interesting. Um, so, but no, overall it was a good game. That was my first game back on campus in, 
I don't even know how many years. I mean, I went to the bowl game. So, yeah, I guess really I've gone to two of the last three games. So, you know, I guess I'm doing better yeah. than you. Yeah. True so, that. yeah. So, um, true just that. that's just I'm just saying, Josie, if you want to throw me some media creds or whatever, I'm down. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll drop my address. <laughs> just hit me in the DMs. Um, yeah, the game Saturday. So what did you let's let's get you. I want you to get us kicked off on the game stuff. Yeah. So I, I thought we would mix it up a little bit this time because last week obviously was just. There was not really much to review, right? Like it was mm-hmm. nitpicking at best, which I think this week maybe validates some of those nitpicking. So I thought instead what we would do is kind of just go group by group and just really quickly maybe give a good and a bad out of each one. And we'll start with the uh, with the offensive side of the ball because I think that was probably the weaker side. And we like to start bad and end good, right? So let's start with the bad that's the offense. So Jared, let's start up front. Offensive line, your good and bad from the day, from what you could see. Oh man, it's almost like my good and my bad are the same thing. Um, I guess my good is is they have moments where they look like an elite offensive line. There's moments that they look, I don't know if I'd say elite, but they look like a very strong offensive line. I wouldn't say elite because elite's like a top five, you know, whatever. Um, but they look like a very, very good offensive line. Like there was there was some plays where I've only now I'll, I'll admit to you because I didn't watch film today and I got to like midway through the third quarter, I think, when I mm-hmm. um before I, you know, we had to start potting. Um, there's times where they just blow they blow people off the ball, they're pancaking people, they look like they have that edge. Um, and if they like if they could play like that every snap, then I'm like, I don't know that we have a lot of complaints about the offensive line. Now the pass protection was worse than the run blocking. The run blocking was much better than the pass blocking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, overall, I think they looked good. Uh, I, I think it's maybe like, I'm kind of grasping on that because we've not seen any of that. Like, I feel like I only put it this way outside of like maybe a Creed Humphrey. I don't think we've seen that level of play, uh, across the whole offensive line, especially since the 2017 teams and the 2017 team was like heads and tails better. I'm not saying right. that, but that level of play where they can actually go out. And again, I know we're playing SMU, but again, like we talked about this during the, during the game before the game, even the preview, this team was littered with four and five stars, um, you know, and big power five transfers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that, that team like SMU, I think is a guy as a team that could be, you know, a 10, uh, 10 win team or whatever. Um, so anyway, so that's my good is that they did show that they have, I guess that's what I said. They had the potential. Right. Like they showed some potential. They showed a flash. Um, my negative is. Is, is this going to be a team where. We have like like Bird got benched, uh, I think, of I remember I was like the beginning of like pretty close to the second quarter, maybe. Um, About 15, 15 or so plays in 15, 17 plays. Yeah, it in. was like it was like they, close they to, went I think, to Everett and he did not come back for a minute. Yeah, and he did come back, but, you know, again, um, but Bird, like, it's like, we've heard a lot of good things about Bird, you know, is it, and it's like, you know, previous game, it was more Rame, and I actually thought Rame had a better game, but there was also a lot of times where I was still kind of going, like, what are you doing? Um, So it's like, are we going to, we, we, we got to have that cohesive unit of a team where they're all going to play at a high level instead of having you know, three or four guys played a high level and two guys that look like they're just there as space on the field. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and that's something that we've seen, um, in the last four or five years. I know you want to fire coach B and all that, but, uh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but you know, that's, but I mean, it is, it's, we gotta, we gotta figure out. Cause when you go play, cause we, we watched, or I watched, uh, some of the, the Texas game on the way home from the game on my phone, bro. If Texas plays like they did against Bama, if Bama, unless Bama somehow terrible in the trenches and I missed that. Bro, like, oh, you's gonna have a long day if they don't put it together. If all five of those guys don't play it at their highest level, I hate to tell you guys, it's gonna be a long day and down in Dallas. So, yeah. But give me your, give me your, give me your, your up and your down. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, I meant to give team stats before we got going. So let me just do the offense for OU very quickly. Right? They were seven of fifteen on third down conversions. They were two of three on fourth down conversions. Had 22 first downs overall, 365 yards of offense, 176 throwing, 189 rushing, right? No turnovers. Um, so all in all, a good day um, for them offensively. Not elite, but, you know, pretty good numbers across the board. Fairly efficient. Uh, 6.5 yards uh, per pass and four point, uh, sorry, four even, four yards even per carry. Um, so offensive line for me, I, to make it simple, cause you kind of broke a lot down. I just simply say this, our interior is not very good and our, our ends, our tackles are actually pretty good. Um, I rarely see Guyton or Rouse, uh, do something that I'm just like, what's happening here? Um, there, I, I go ahead. I just say there is, there is a play. I don't, I wish I would have like bookmarked it better, but there's a play in the first quarter where Guyton, like, I was like, he just killed the man. That he just yeah. he just murdered somebody. But anyway. Yeah. They're both playing really well. I mean, they really, really are. Uh Bird, it's weird because when I watch the film, I don't ever see him do something where I'm just like, what just happened? Uh, but then obviously they keep pulling him. They did last week too. And and I thought that was more of just a rotational thing last week. Uh, but this week it definitely was more than that. Uh right that they pulled him out. I know listening to Gabe and Teddy's podcast that Gabe was really disappointed in bird uh, with Matower. Dude, I think the guy's playing really hard. So that I respect and I love he's playing hard every play, but he gets knocked back a lot um, and looks lost at times a lot. And then the same with rain, a really good bull rush still continues to push him backwards um, on any given play. And you just rarely see him get great, great push down the field. Now, the one thing I'll give Rain that looks way better from last year to this year, he does look a little more confident in where he wants to go. And his snaps have been much better. Last year, his snaps were all over the map, right? Um, those have been much, much better. But the interior of this line is just not great. Uh, it's just not. Everett might be the most consistent interior lineman that we have right now um i really wish that we could get florida state cheese it bowl save you on bird because i really honestly for the the athletic strength push side i believe bird at left and everett at right uh guard with with rain for now would be best and honestly i'm shocked that they haven't tried a caden green or a jake taylor at guard and moved everett back to center where he's played a lot, you know, in the past. And so um, at App State, but the line's got a long way to go. Now, this was a talented defensive front. We said that. Uh, so I want to make clear that this wasn't Arkansas State, right? But 
again, just you see the same little issues. And again, even from a run blocking standpoint, I can't go through that game and mark more than maybe one or two plays where there's an actual hole. Like where there's actually a a wide gaping spot for the running back to run through. And as talented as SMU is, they are not Texas talented on the defensive line. And they are 100% not SEC talented on the defensive line. So if you're going to run the ball like that, there should be holes uh, for your backs to run through. And the reality is that Towie Walker uh, was all worldly and running over people right at the line of scrimmage and then getting three, four yards on every carry. So. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that in the running backs. I do. And I yeah. do agree with you. The one thing I, another thing I would give rain real quick, just uh, I guess try to be a little bit of sunshine with him. Um, Rain, I feel like has a better command of the offensive line. Like it feels like I see him calling out a lot more and like making, uh, you know, he's making a lot more call outs on the offensive line than I feel like he did last year. Maybe that's just me reading into it. Cause you know, obviously I didn't watch every, all of last year's film today. Um, so maybe that's maybe why he stayed there is maybe he's just like he has actually got to where he's more of a, a heady sort of player. You know what I mean? He's more smart um, on that on that department. I don't know. But right. Um, again, we'll see more as we start to get to play tougher and tougher opponents. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quickly, I don't think there'll be a ton here. Tight ends. Any thoughts with the tight ends? Um. Uh, well, I'm gonna give two quick two quick positives and then a negative, I guess. Um I, I actually want to say that uh Stogner actually has a play, and now it slipped my mind. It was one of the early plays, I think it was on the first scoring drive. Uh or no, maybe it was the first drive. I don't remember. Stogner actually gets wide freaking open. Um, and I know that we've talked about it. He does he's not he's kind of a shell of his former self as far as his speed and athleticism. But uh I think the dude still can find some space if we give him that opportunity. The problem we'll talk about later is it's usually in the middle of the field. Um, and Blake Smith, like, is Blake Smith actually going to be that guy? I don't think he's going to be, like, a huge target, right? I don't think he's going to be Mark Andrews or something. But is he going to be that guy that defenses still have to account for, right? Like, he's the guy that can pull somebody out of the box or, you know, make somebody have to drop different in coverage or whatever because he's out there on the field. Because he actually, I think his athleticism is a little higher than I thought. Um, but the other thing is like, we didn't really see anybody else. Like, it's like, I, like, I know we have a lot, we have some guys that are in that room that I think people see some potential in. I forget the kid from, uh, was it Cameron university, the basketball player? Daniel. Yeah. Um, and, but it's like, we didn't really see him. I didn't didn't see, I didn't see, I didn't remember what his snap count was. If he even got snaps. Um, but you know, like the, the, it, that doesn't feel like a room that's really deep right now. We're not seeing a lot of depth right there right now. So it's like if Stogner, even I even felt like there's a play where Stogner got kind of like hit and it looked like he, maybe he was a little slower to get up than he usually would be. So it's like, if he goes down, it's like, where are we really going to be leaning all the way on, on Blake Smith? So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think, I think with the tight ends, uh, Blake Smith is more athletic and more capable than I gave him credit for. He is not a great blocker, but he tries very hard. Um, I definitely think you have more options in the tight end game with him on the field than you do Stogner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Stogner is when he's in line and can immediately go after somebody is an okay, excuse me, blocker. Um, not great, but capable. I don't understand putting him out 
on the edge to block. Uh, you know, like the the early play to Marcus Major where they split him out as a wide receiver and he's supposed to pick up a defensive back and it was the easiest get around and tackle for a four-yard loss all day. And I believe if you have Blake Smith there, you at least chip the DB. And honestly, Farouk and Stoops are blocking their butts off on the edge. And if Marcus Major catches that ball, he goes to the house. Like it's a touchdown play. And mm-hmm. Sogner ruins it, you know? And so love the kid. I love that he's back. I don't want to crap on him at all because he's had a terrible, just a bunch of misfortune hit him as a player. Uh, but he is not. I mean, even the ball he caught, it was like he was in concrete trying to run. And so I just don't know. I agree that he could be a red zone threat still, those kinds of things. But I don't understand using him in the middle of the field and splitting him out. They're trying to use him like Braden Willis, and that just doesn't make any sense. Like that's yeah. that's kind of where I would say it with that. So that's tight ends. Spreading out to wide receiver. How did you feel about the wide receiver play on the day? Man, th- this one's hard for me, actually, because I feel like again, I know we're gonna talk about this later, the play calling. Um, well, I'm gonna give you a negative first. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go backwards. Negative. Where the heck was Petaway? Right, like Petaway just yeah. had a heck of a game against Arkansas State, and yep. we—I don't think he played. I don't think he had a snap. Nope. I was, like I said, I, th- I was through three quarters and was like, I'm 99 sure I haven't seen him on the field yet. Um, oh. so I don't know what that was about. Um, because I remember seeing him suited up and like warming up in the pregame. So, um, just a weird thing. I don't know. It felt like the. I don't know. The receivers felt like it was kind of like the same. I, like there was a lot of the same uh, same guys out on the field a lot, I guess. Like there wasn't as much rotation in the receivers. So is that another group that we're going to start seeing? Like, I feel like that's a room that we coming out of Arkansas State said was deep. And then like yeah. in SMU, it's like we really didn't show that depth. I don't know. Um, now the good. We're starting to see some flashes like Farouk makes a very athletic play. Um, and you know, that's something that we've been talking about, like wanting to see from him. So I I'm, I'm drooling that we'll finally get to see him get some of those sorts of catches and stuff. Um, and the other thing is, is they actually were getting open. There were, there was a lot of plays going through the, um, like I said, the first three quarters, I'll just say three quarters. I wasn't all the way through the third, but um, where they're, they're getting open, like they're getting some space. And that's something that like we have seen, kind of be like hit or miss outside of some superstars like uh on this team like yeah I, as an example even when we had cd and jalen i remember us being at the big 12 championship game and it was like cd was the only guy getting open and yeah. like now you see guys getting you see two or three guys getting separation so um i think you have some guys that have some real serious ability and i think again we're some of those guys i think are really starting to solidify that it's not just you can look at Arkansas State and say, well, they're just a better athlete. And then against SMU, right. it's like, maybe you could say that, kind of. But I, I feel like even then, it's like there's some serious some serious dudes, I think, in that room. So, yeah. Um, Andrew Anthony is obviously the go-to. That's the guy yeah. that has earned DG's trust. I think that's the biggest thing I take away on the day. Um, but it was still a bad day for the receivers. I mean, I don't know yeah. how to say it. You got drops all over the place. Um yeah. Big drops at that. Um, 
yeah, so it wasn't their best day. And then again, from a coaching perspective, I'm with you. Where's Nick Anderson? Right. Where Where's Jaden Gibson? Right. How How are these guys not out there? And, you're not get, and here's the deal. By the way, every insider guy podcast that kept saying SMU did a great job of taking away the deep ball. And by the way, Jeff Levy said that today. That is bull crap. Yeah, the I first was half say. was one high safety the entire first half. One high safety is begging you to throw the deep ball. And, like, and it, well, I was going to say it was you had one high safety and then it was like there was the 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 few where they panned back where they showed like the whole field as a like after the play or whatever. That guy drifts to the same side of the field every time like he's shadowing, you know, somebody on like he's shadowing somebody. And so it's like, dude, you have basically like there was one where I'm like sitting there. I'm like, you have one on one on the opposite side of the field, really. And you're still not doing anything like, you know what I mean? Like they did not take the like everybody was trying to say, I can even saw somebody like they were running cover three. I was like, they were not running cover three, bro. Like this, well, this they, is... I think they were at times still running cover three, but like. Again, if you're going to tell me that Andrew Anthony against whoever with a five-yard cushion that he can't run a skinny post and you can't run somebody up the seam to occupy the middle safety and right. he can't get past them, well, but that's then I mean, he's not as fast as we've been led to believe, if that's true. Like, that, that, well, that that's, what that's I'm saying. just like, not the case. I saw people on Twitter trying to say, you know, that like I said, like you said, they were scheming for the deep ball, and I was like, they really, and everything I saw, they weren't. Um, Mm -mm. you know, I, I, I don't feel that way. Um, and like you said, what, uh, yeah, I don't know. The play calling was just not good. We're going to get into that a little bit. So I don't want to go too far down that road, but yeah, so that's, I mean, my, my quibs with the, with the receivers was that I thought Drake, you know, had some clutch moments, uh, through there. Um, Gavin showed an ability to get open. He just had a big drop and, you know, it was a big, it was, that was, I think that was his only target too. Right, but he's got to haul that ball in. Oh, like that, that's 100%. a play. If if you're supposedly G freaky, the the game breaker changer guy, you got to have that. So, anyways, that's that. Running back wise, obviously mainly Towie Walker and uh, Marcus Major. Uh, thoughts on Towie, real quick. The dude runs like it's his his life depends on it. I mean, um, I really liked what I saw. I don't think. He athletically is what some of the other guys on the team are, but he's just that guy that gets it done. Um, you know, he finds a way. He runs really, really hard. Um, there was even a few plays that I saw that, I mean, he only gets two, maybe three yards, but it's like, dude, he smacked himself into, a you know, a defensive lineman just to get that and just abused himself to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he runs really hard. I really like him. Uh, I... I hope that he keeps having success. Um, but again, just athletically, he's just not, I don't think he's, he doesn't have that. You can even see that on that play that he kind of busted down the sideline. Um, he doesn't have like that. He doesn't have that high gear, right? He doesn't have that like, you know, twitchy movement or one cut or anything. He just runs hard. That's his thing. So, uh, but yeah, really impressed with him. I think he deserves um as well offensive player of the game i don't i don't know that i'd give him player of the game even though i know a lot of people did but i'll give him offensive player of the game yeah uh look everything that we heard out of spring he always falls forward um is going my what i can't tell is um are they riding him this much because everyone else is banged up or they don't trust him or 
because this line's not opening holes, and they know that by giving the ball to Towie, they're guaranteed to get two or three yards because he's going to fall forward every time he touches the ball. And that's that's more so what I feel is happening because, again, you do not see hardly any plays through every play I charted. There are not many where there is a hole for him to run through. He is being hit at the line of scrimmage and running through contact to get the three or four yards he gets almost every single time. So I, I didn't say, again, I'm, this is just okay, but did you have a snap count for like Barnes and Sawchuck? Cause I don't, I know Barnes came uh, in for Sawchuck like two was or three on the games. field for two plays. Barnes was on the field for somewhere between two and four, but I believe two, he got two touches that I know he got two touches. Yeah. I was and I knew again, Barnes touched the ball. I, as much as you ran the ball in that game, I don't now, again, I don't know if he's banged up. Um, you know, the other theory I have, and I don't have insider information, but I know that we did see some highlights coming out of the fall during their scrimmage stuff where he was fumbling the ball. Right. Does he have some fumble problems in practice and he's lost the trust of this staff to hang on to the football? Well, I don't know. I, well, I know Gavin, I was shocked he played at all because I know he dealt with a hamstring last year that took him out almost the entire season. He's dealing with a hamstring now. You sit that guy until he's four weeks into feeling 100% to me before you ever put him out there. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, and Murray, DeMarco Murray is going to be that guy that he played for Stoops, right? Um, and Stoops was and it was very much about taking care of the ball. So Murray's going to be a guy that's going to be, you better take care of the dang ball. Right. So maybe again, that's part of it. I'm not saying yeah. that that's the issue. That's just no. I'm just saying it that's fits, a thought that right. I have based off of them putting that highlight in there. Man, maybe he had a little bit of problem hanging on the ball this fall, and he's having to kind of earn his way back yeah. out there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was an interesting thing. But um, give me your Marcus Major thoughts. I want to hear your, your thoughts on Major. A little bit I mean, more I of a lightning round. Fine. Here. I just don't think he sees. Um, well, for one, he's not getting holes to run through, and two. When there is even just a crease, he doesn't see a crease very well, right? Like when there's mm. small creases, he doesn't see that. I mean, a case in point, there was an early one I put down and charted down. Um, it was off to the right-hand side. There's actually a pretty decent hole. There is a backer coming into mm -hmm. the gap. But if you can see it that if he just takes it at a kind of a 45-degree angle towards the sideline, my belief is he has enough burst and speed to get through there without being brought down. And instead, he kind of cuts back into the linebacker and ends up with like a four-yard gain where, to me, take all your, your power and your energy away from the linebacker. And worst-case scenario, he gets a hold of you, but you drag him for a six-yard gain instead of a three-yard gain. And if you break it, the, the sideline's open and he's gone, right? Uh, but the play at the end of the game shows you his athleticism and his speed and, and all the different things. So... Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I thought the I thought the running backs played fine. I I did not believe that they were helped by the offensive line consistently through that game at all, or by play calling for that matter. I give you that. Um, okay, I'm gonna give it just a little mini rant on Marcus Major. This is probably gonna shock you, actually. Um, so I saw a lot of people dragging him on Twitter. I think we even heard it on the radio uh, on the way home. Some people were talking about it. Uh, well, he's just not good. He sucks. Blah blah. And I'm like, look, I don't think he had an amazing game. Uh, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't grade him. I wouldn't say he had a terrible game either. 
Um, you know, he no. made a he made a crazy athletic play on that sideline uh in the fourth quarter to get a touchdown. Um you know, he has the ability. Again, I agree with you. He doesn't see the field the same way as what I would argue is you've had some elite running backs. Again, this comes back to people. We, we talk about how spoiled we were at quarterback, right? With Baker, Kyler, Jalen, Caleb, yeah. you know, even Spencer's arm talent, right? Like we've had so many guys that have had so much talent. The same as at running back guys. Like you've had DeMarco, you've had Adrian, you've had Joe, you've had Samaje, you've had, you know what I mean? I can go down this list, right? Guys that are crazy talented. Marcus Major's not that. But what I would say is Sooner fans, if his name was Justin Harrington, are you saying the same thing? Right? I know Justin Harrington's had a really good season and all those things, but it's like Marcus Major stayed on this team when he had every chance that he could have transferred, right? When Lincoln left or whatever. He seems like he's been a good teammate. He's played and played and played, and he's been injured and he's come back. And like I said, there's he's had so many times to ride off into the sunset away from Sooner Nation or away from the team and go do his own thing. And nobody could have said anything. And he stayed on the team. I just it makes me sick to see people like that drag him so hard when it's like, I don't even feel like he had a terrible game. Like I would say like he had a B minus game, B minus game, maybe B. Right. Like. I just think that people unfairly. Criticize him more than they should because he's not a Joe Mixon or. DeMarco Murray or whatever, right? So, anyways, that's my feel. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And let's get on to the final spot because we've already, we're running way deep into this and we're not even through the offense yet. Dylan Gabriel, Jared, quickly, your thoughts on Dylan Gabriel. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm, uh, Troy's not going to listen to this, but I wish he would. <sighs> um, makes I, I think his accuracy has gotten better. Um, there was even a couple of those plays that even at the time I didn't think were as accurate as they were, and they were pretty dang accurate. But he's got to see the middle of the field. It's plain and simple. Plain and simple. We were sitting there in the stadium. I actually marked down, I think I was right in my argument that we were having post-game. There was more times that somebody was open in the middle of the field, and again, there, there was some pressure or whatever, but it's like you still have to make those throws. Like when I Because there's times where I was like, he needs to roll out of the pocket and throw the ball because there was times that he would roll out of the pocket and have the space that he could have made a throw, and he still isn't seeing the middle of the field, and the guy's still wide open. Um, so the whole middle of the field for him is apparently a dead zone, um, and that's got to get remedied because if you're only throwing down the sidelines, then people are going to start scheming to that. So that's my take. Yeah. Um, I didn't think the play calling was good at all to help Gabriel. He definitely missed some guys that were open. The pressure was was more than it should have been uh, on a lot of those plays as well, though. So, you know, it's easy for me to say see it. Now, the one I, I would say was the glaring miss, but yet he still found a guy was Stogner did come wide open on a play that we were in the stands just going throw, throw. I mean, he was wide, wide, wide open. Now, at the same time, the more I've processed it and watched the tape, um, if I'm Dylan Gabriel, I'm not looking for Austin Stogner to even get open on a deep, basically wheel route up the sideline. <laughs> like based on what I've seen his athletic ability, he may not have even looked to that going. There's no way he's even getting by anybody, but he did, um, you know, but on that same play, he finds Gavin Freeman wide open and puts it right in his, you know, in his face mask and he drops it, well, you know, so. 
And I and I also saw one where Andrew Anthony is streaking wide open across the middle of the field, and there's he's brief three or four steps he, he past. He did. His guy. There was one where Andrew Anthony was one on one. He wasn't wide open, but it's a ball that if you place it right, it can't be intercepted. And if you put it right, Andrew Anthony goes for about fifty yards on the play. It was actually one of the very few times that they stretched the field from a route concept on the entire day. And Dylan Gabriel did not see it and did not well, let it go. Um, and I would argue to, to put it in the same reference you did with the offensive line earlier, I think is what we we're talking about. Um, SEC play. You're going to have to make those throws because that's what you're going to have. That's the best you're probably going to get against a lot of right. SEC teams. Sure. But I, I don't Dylan Gabriel is the one position that I don't look at and compare to the SEC. Cause he's not going to be here for the, right. SEC, I, I understand. Right? Yeah. So, but I'm just saying, um, don't the even along with result. that. But again, you've got to, You've got to help him get in a rhythm and you've got to put him in a position to to be more successful. I didn't think they did that. Um, but it wasn't his best game, but I didn't think he was helped. And so I think both of us, just to move off the offense and hurry and get to the defense, look, the play calling was not good. The creativity was not good. Um, you know, honestly, from the stands and even rewatching, it felt like Jeff Levy just said, we're playing Arkansas State again. We're just going to run the ball. And if we really feel like it's too long to run the ball, then we're going to throw a slant to Andrew Anthony or Drake Stoops, and that's going to be the game plan, right? Well, like that's what we're doing. I, You know, I'm going to give him – I'll give him a positive and negative on Jeff Levy's play calling. He did say in his post game that he wanted to run more clock. You did that. You did do that. We didn't have the drives that lasted – we didn't, we didn't go three and out in eight seconds a clock or whatever it was, right? Like, he did have more, even when we went three and out, more time was burned off the clock. I don't know if we even went three and out, I don't remember. But the drives were more were longer and more sustained. So I can give him that. The one thing that drove me mad was in his press conference. He's also like, well, we have to figure out when people, like, we had to figure out when a running back swarm and, like, you know, like, like who's really got a hot streak going? And I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that like I kind of get what he's saying, but it's like it just seems like I kind of it's like we're really overthinking this now. If that's where you're going with this, right? Um, so I feel like he's got a really bad. Like we've talked about this as a theory, and it's like I just feel like he's a dude that really overthinks it, and then just ends up burying himself under himself. Like he just can't get out of his own way. Like, um. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I mean, I don't think the play calling the play calling was terrible. I don't know why you didn't try one take it off the top. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just take off the top of the defense once. Once it never yeah. crossed your mind just to say, like, hey, let's go for it. Right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. It's That's something that's got to be remedied, and I don't understand it. Um. And the only thing I want to touch on is, bro, what is the... Not only did I... I guess I didn't realize it when we were at the game because I'm blind. Jackson Arnold went out to receiver. Like, they would yeah. run the Jackson Arnold belldozer package, which makes zero sense to me. Uh, especially if like, I, here's my argument about that. I don't, I'm sorry that I'm ranting about this also. Why run that package at all at this point in the season? If you're trying to save, like, cause it's like, all you do is you run one play, but now people know you have that package in your playbook. Right. So they, right. they can already start saying, well, they could do the, like they can start game planning for things you're going to do. And then you have Dylan come back in the game and you slot Jackson Arnold out at receiver. And I'm like, what are what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like I like that whole thing just felt like super. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I have a word for it. It just felt weird. 
Um, so anyway, I don't, yeah, Jeff Levy, like probably got like a D minus for play calling for me. Yeah. The Jackson Arnold package may, I mean, I didn't mind it. I just don't understand why you're running with Jackson Arnold and who he is. He's a 180 pound, six foot quarterback and we're running a belldozer package. Like, what are we, this isn't, this isn't a six, four, two thirty quarterback. This is a guy that can run. You know what you do with that guy? You run zone reads, right? right. Like, well, you and do I things thought... like that where he can get out on the edge and use his legs, not, hey, we're going to run it up the middle and I want you to play a fullback position. And then, oh, by the way, we're also going to do that and we're going to put Towie Walker in the slot position with no running back in the backfield. So it's short yardage. We all know the QB power is coming at this point. So you're just setting him up to fail. Like you're not even doing anything well, to put him in a position to be successful. It just doesn't make sense. It well, nothing it was, about it made sense. The only thing that I could think at the time was, and I was hoping for, and this obviously didn't happen, was they're going to run the QB power two or three times and get the defense to basically load the box. And, you know, the lineup, Andrew Anthony or whoever's the fastest guy on the outside one on one and let Jackson, you know, like you said, maybe do a little play action and then just throw it up in the end zone. It's like that. But it's like, again, you've shown your package now, like you've you've shown that you have this in your playbook um, as a formation or whatever, that you're going to do some stuff with Jackson. Also, do you think Texas isn't going to be taking yeah, that? But designing I'm plays not worried about that in the sense that they they ran one play. So I'm well, not I, like, I, know. I think that that argument's ridiculous because it's not like they put a package in and he ran six different plays they can prepare for now. They literally can prepare for QB power with Jackson Arnold. That's the only thing they did with him the whole day. So there's well, no I think, preparation point. I, I think the thing that I'm saying is like, to me is like, they you know, they, you know that they're going to use Jackson Arnold now more than just as a come in when it's 60 to nothing. Um, and then also it's like, the the whole again i guess the weird thing to me was the jackson arnold staying out as a receiver out wide i don't it's like are yeah, you trying to i, didn't I was like are that. you going to try to do some sort of weird you know like double pass or something you know what i mean like i don't know i don't get that it's the what uh was jay cutler you know when he was at miami or whatever yeah. i was like having flashback even though he did more than that but anyways let's go to the defense 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 uh, defensive line, uh, for me, just really quickly, I would say actually had a really good day. There was not much running room. Matter of fact, SMU, uh, averaged on the day 3.4 yards per rush, um, had 117 total on the day. Um, and that was it. And that was with 34 rushing attempts, 34. So I didn't feel super bad. And they did break one pretty long run on the day. So, I mean, you take that away from them and they don't even break a hundred yards. And I thought the pass rush was actually much better. Um, on, on most plays that I saw where there was even some form of drop back, they had seven, there was one play, they had eight guys in protection, uh, to chip and block and do. So I thought overall, I thought Trace Ford flashed really well. The mm-hmm. other guy going back and actually watching it frame by frame, Lacey. Jacob Lacey had a really good day. Nothing great, but just solid. And Ethan Downs, I'd say, was the, the guy. I was going to say, Ethan Downs, I would give. Um, he played better than I would have given him credit for. And, and, I and thought and I he would saw, play all year. 
And I saw some people like were trying to dog him on the uh, face mask, and I'm like, dude, that's a penalty you just have to take. He's making a yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, that's just an effort play. Not, no, that was fine. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Um, but no, that was it. And R. Mason Thomas as well. I forgot to make I thought he looked really good um, on the day as well. So how about you? I mean, yeah, I thought the defensive line played really well. Like you said, they did do a lot of max protection um, sort of schemes. Uh, and, you know, and you could really even see that they dialed it up. Like, I think at the end of the game, I thought we saw a little bit of the defensive line wearing down the offensive line, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it, there was, I, you know, this is coming off the top of my head because I didn't see the film, but like uh, Stone had to get rid of the ball like three or four times in the fourth quarter because he was about to get just absolutely smoked in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of plays when you go back and watch, even through the first three quarters, they were scheming for it, actually, I feel like, because uh, there's a lot of quick slant routes. There's a lot of quick, they're getting rid of the ball very, very quickly. And even then there's people that are, you know, a, a step away from it being considered a QB pressure sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I think across the board, they did really well. Um you know, I, I'm, I will say this, give, I'm, I, we already, we've already said this, but give me more of it. Give me more PJ stock, bro. Give me more. <laughs> um, cause that dude, uh, there was a play in the third, I think it was in the third quarter, dude. He absolutely just manhandles this guy. Like I, again, SMU, whatever, but dude, he just, the, the kid for being a freshman for being 18 years old, that the kid's crazy. But like you said, uh, all the guys you highlighted, I agree with you. Um, there's a lot of depth in this room this year. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's going to, you're going to need that when you go against, if you're going to go against Texas, if we're going to go against, you know, whatever, we're going to need to keep that going in SEC play. But, um, yeah. the, uh, the only negative I would say is just finding a way to finish, uh, some of those plays. Right. Um, yeah, there was, there's about three or four plays where Stone was able to like kind of get out of the pocket. And again, Stone's a phenomenal athlete, a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you just gotta you gotta find ways to get those get those plays finished. Um you have to find a way to get him to the ground, and they weren't able to do that a few times. So um, yeah, if we face mobile quarterbacks, that's something we're gonna have to watch out for. But yeah, overall, I very that, that's me almost me nitpicking. I feel like they had they may have been the best group on the field. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. How about linebackers for you? Okay, Danny Setsman's a dude. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Danny. A lot of effort, a lot more. There was a lot more. I feel like he, you know, last year, I feel like there was plays where he kind of like, I wouldn't say took off, but like you could just tell that he just was tired and he was kind of hitting the bottom of that tank um, a lot sooner in the game and a lot sooner in the series. And that dude played until he just about couldn't stand up, I think. Um, and the dude, what he had seven, I think it was 17 tackles, 17, 17 and like two and a half for a loss. Um, just to do what a guy, um, and, and honestly, like even Canick is, uh, it shows, shows flashes, but I think he's just like, um, I guess that'd be my negative. Canick just is, um, not quite there yet, I guess is how I would say. I don't think he's done bad. I don't think he's terrible, but I just think he's out of position more. He's he's Danny Stutzman last year, uh, early in the year. Um, That's probably fair. Um, And then real quick, just because I want to toot my own horn, Kip Lewis, bro. Kip Lewis is a freaking dude. Um, <laughs> So just wanted to yell that out real quick. I just, sorry, flashed yeah. my head. Go ahead. Give me yours, though. 
Um, I agree. I would say here was my most perplexing thing for a Brent Venables, Ted Roof thing. Clutch moment, only up three points. You bring Kobe McKenzie in for two plays. And he stuffs the first one for a loss. He smacks his dude. Incredible. Yeah. Smacks a dude straight backwards. And on the next play was right there as well. I don't know that your your best combo is not Danny Stutzman at the will mm-hmm. uh with him at the mic. Like that's fair. I don't know. Now, the other combo I like a lot is is Danny and Kip out there together. I like that mm-hmm. combo. But I would say I, I just don't understand how Kobe McKenzie doesn't play the entire game and on two plays where the whole playbook's open, pass and run, you put him out there. And he does well. And last week when you put him out there, he showed really well. But that's it. Like, I just, I don't know what they're doing there well, because as you said, Kanick looks lost. In the And if you go for a... To me, when I've watched the tape, Kobe seems to trigger and be where he's supposed to be and be aggressive with where he wants to be more consistently with the limited snaps he's had than Canicas. And right. so if if you're gonna if you're gonna do this rotation stuff, put Kobe in and give him his opportunity to see what he can do or not do, right? Like it just Makes no sense to me why they're playing him so little. That that's the only negative I have. And again, Canick didn't play bad. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But they've talked this year about needing to rotate people. What is Kobe not doing to earn snaps? You know, and it's a little bit like running back. You're telling me that that Barnes has not earned more than two two touches. That right. like that's what we're saying at this point. Like I just those little things. I'm starting to get nervous that we're going to go back to this. We're going to have our 11 guys that play 100 snaps a game because we trust them, and I, I don't get that because it seems like we have other guys that we can trust, but that that's my only well, nitpick. They had a great game. Uh, they held down the fort really, really well. I just I feel Danny, like at this point, Kobe's a lot more polished, it looks like, in the few snaps he's had. I would say Danny, I would give Danny probably my player of the game overall, obviously yes. defensive as well. Yes. But the other thing that I want to point out, and it was very apparent um, in the stadium, Kobe's as big or bigger than Danny as a sophomore versus senior. Like, yeah. you can see the Kobe difference. Kobe looks like a dude. Like, that's a – he comes out on the field and you go, holy crap. Like, that dude's a linebacker. Yeah. Like and like I said, no, nothing against Danny. I love Danny. Um, I oh, he was like, the best player on the field Saturday. Like, uh, yeah. but but what I would say what I would say is when even when Kobe or when Kobe made his play where he made that where like I said he smacked a dude, you you felt like you like in the stadium you almost could feel it, right? You know what I mean? And with Danny, you don't really feel that. Danny gets his guy to the ground, and he's gotten a lot better about that. But you don't. I don't feel like most of the time with Danny, it's very few and far between that you see him actually hit somebody. We're like, holy crap. Like that was a train coming. He, he had a couple on Saturday, but see, again, I would say that more about Canick. And sure, again, I'm yeah. not trying to crap on Canick, but if Kobe and Canick are playing the same position, why in the world are we not rotating Kobe in to play more of that Mike Backer position? Like, I understand that Co- that that Canick needs those reps as well. Like I get that, but 
I just don't understand. Yeah, the only, that. The I don't, only, the I, only, and, and then again, you put him in in a super tight game clutch situation, which tells me you trust him. You know, like you you aren't scared to put him out there when the game's on the freaking line, and yet you didn't play him for the eighty plays before that. Like I just don't understand what's going on there. But again, that's a coaching thing, not a position thing. Let's well, keep and, going and hang and, on, real and quick. I just want to say my only tenfold thing. Kanik and Danny have like a really good friendship. So maybe Brent's trying to give him the Danny taking Kanik under his wing. I don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with. Anyway, go ahead. Let's go next position group. Yeah. And then the last is the DBs um, overall. Um, and so just real quick, your thoughts on the DB play. Um, I thought Key maybe had one of his best games, maybe as a sooner. Um, even though I didn't notice that there was a couple of plays where he was slightly out of there played like a terrible angle well since a terrible still played a bad angle he didn't play as bad as he did last season um at times um but yeah i mean overall i think they played well um yeah i mean there's not i mean honestly there's I, to me it was like i don't feel like i i guess to me and maybe i'm maybe this would be me and mr negative i didn't feel they played like so as exceptional as i heard some people say they did but I didn't think they played bad. Um, the but the the negative to me is like I feel like Billy Bowman, while he had a really good game, I just feel like again, it's like he's one of those guys that I circle and I'm like, the guys coming in are just such a higher caliber of athlete that like deep into the season, if those guys start putting it together, I don't know how you keep Billy Bowman on the field in the sense of like, he's just athletically not as good as some of those guys. Like, I think that that's, I think, I, I guess what I would say to put it simply, the level of player that we have that was recruited under Grinch and Lincoln is nowhere near the caliber of player that we've got under Brent already as physical athletes, as physical athletes, but they did have good games. I'm not trying to crap on Billy Bowman and nobody's going to don't tweet Billy Bowman and say J rod on the things. No, I love Billy Bowman. I'm just saying that, there's a there's a there's a gap there. So, anyways, what's your thoughts? Um, I thought he had a rough start to the game and thought he finished really well. I think Woody Washington continues to be a guy you don't ever hear his name because nobody wants to jack with him yet or try to go to his side at all yet. Um, I thought RSJ played really well with the snaps that he had, and I think one of the things I loved most about him is the wheel route uh, that got open on the one. Which, by the way, again, Canick and Bowman. Don't know whose responsibility, but it's one of those two guys, and neither one of them picked it up at all. And RSJ just comes over and cleans that dude's clock, and considering his injury was a shoulder injury that was causing him a lot of pain, I just love seeing no hesitation right in his game, and I think that that's a guy we'll see play a lot more. Uh, Makari Vickers got in earlier than I realized and had some good plays as well, but I mean, again, I, I continue to believe depth-wise and athleticism-wise, the rebuild on the defensive backfield has been incredible. Um, and we haven't even seen – I don't believe Josiah Wagner's even played a down uh, yet that I've noticed. I thought he played um, against – well, I think he played against Arky State maybe, but I can't remember. You might be right. Um, I, I'm not sure. but And we haven't seen a ton of Kendall Dolby. We've seen a lot of Kanai. We've seen a lot of Gentry. We've seen Macari now, and we've seen uh, Woody. Gentry but I thought that like group it. played – Oh, he, he looks like a dude. He stays healthy and doesn't stay banged up. Oh. He's a dude. And and shout out, you did make me re- remind me. 
uh, Woody Washington's play on the fumble. Like, that's the player yeah. that you were talking about. Like, that's the super, because it's like, if he tries to dive on that ball, there's no way he's recovering that in time that he doesn't go out of bounds, and that's SMU ball at the 15 or 20 or whatever it yeah. was. The fact that yeah. he stopped and made sure the ball stayed in so that Danny could recover it. Like, yeah. I think people, it's things like that that we were talking about of you've got, like, you need that kind of football IQ, and Woody is that guy, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, overall, though, man, I mean, it will be very interesting to look at the end of the year and see how many points per game this offense puts up and to know that this defense held them to 11 when their offense stalled completely out uh, for two full quarters will be interesting. Um, and then, you know, the only last thing that I will say as far as football IQ, my last little rant on the day against the coaches yet again, um, I don't understand – Jeff Levy still, and I have a lot of questions about him. I thought the the game plan as a whole was weird. And then like him to say he wanted to run clock just doesn't make sense. You and I were talking about it. Now Marcus Major scores on this play, right? But you're four minutes-ish left in the game, I believe it was, maybe five. Um, and you are in a very solid field goal position in the field. They snapped the ball to make that throw to Marcus Major with 29 seconds left on the play clock. Yeah. Like, you're about to go up two scores, and you are still running so fast freaking tempo that if you don't get this first down and we have to kick the field goal, they're going to have a full five minutes left when you had every opportunity to get this clock down to three minutes. You had every opportunity to get this clock down to two and a half minutes. I... Like that is not understanding situational football and the, you know, maybe there's a reason for maybe DG can only play well going fast, but he didn't play fast in the bowl game. And that was one of his best games that he's had as an, as an Oklahoma Sooner. Um, I just, those are the kinds of things that again, if you are able to keep yourself in the game at Texas, you can't be in that position and run three straight plays and kill 15 seconds off the clock and kick the field goal and give them the ball with that much time left. Like, you can't do that. Like, you've got to run the freaking clock if that's the position that you're in. Like, know where you're at on the field, know the situation, know what's going on, um, and take advantage of it. And So let me know, let me ask, uh, I'm going to, I want to ask one thing for you then, and maybe we can, maybe we can add this as a segment. Who's for our, for our wrap up, our wrap up pods. Give me your, like your king and your dunce of the game. Like who's the who was the if you had to circle anybody on the staff or the field or whatever, who's your one guy that you would give the like the game ball to, and then who's the guy that you're you're making run your own run bleachers? Uh, the run bleachers is Levy. I mean, that he just did not put his his offense in a position to be successful. He didn't. It worked out, but you can't tell me that his hope was that for you know what two and a half quarters that they couldn't score points. Um, and that's exactly what they did. Um, now granted guys drop balls, et cetera, but again, third and whatever, you got seven guys in the box and you're running the ball. Like, what are we doing here? Like, does that make any sense? So I, that's my dunce for sure. Uh, I mean the, the game ball King guy of the game without a doubt was Danny Stutzman. He like, for instance, here's something that Danny Stutzman would have never done a year ago. That little, I don't know what you would call it, but they basically, got lined up quickly and crouched a receiver down 
behind the line of scrimmage and kind of did that little fumble ruski reverse tie. And I mean, Danny immediately sees it, starts screaming at everybody and is the guy that shuts that play down. Like is the guy that shuts the play down. Totally saw it, was never fooled for a second. The guy, he's the best player on this team Saturday, hands down and, and really played well. Yeah, so I would, I mean, again, I, I've already pretty much said mine. So, yeah, Danny Setsman definitely is my king. And the dunce is definitely Lebby. And, I, you know, one thing I just want to say before we wrap, and we talked about this a little in the stadium, we're seeing the, some of the same things we saw last year that concerned me of, like, you know, you, you you punt on your first drive. Okay, cool. You get the ball back, and then you run down and score. And then it's like your your defense holds them, I think, to three points, if I remember right. It's like, okay, then we need to go back down and score. We need to really get the momentum swinging in our favor, and we just can't do it. Like, I mean, I'm not going to reference Arkansas State because it was Arkansas freaking State. But, like, against good teams, is that how is it's going to be where it's like we run down the field and we score and we're like, okay, we're doing good, and then we don't play. Like, the, the especially the offense just doesn't get that momentum going. Like, the defense played well throughout the day. But the offense is going to be the one that's we don't know from series to series what we're getting at all. Yeah. So um, it really disjointed a really bad game plan, really terrible play calling. Um, and like I said, some overall decisions, even season affecting decisions, I would argue that just don't make any sense to me. But anyways, we got uh, we got Tulsa coming up. So guess what? We're going to hear a whole lot about our brows being on the field because nobody cares about us playing Tulsa. So anyway, yeah. And Kevin Wilson, hopefully some. I, I will say this last thing, though. See what you agree with this, and sorry, I know we're going long, but I, I think it's worth noting. You had an offense tonight that blew a ton of blocking assignments for an offensive line. You had an offense tonight that dropped multiple well-thrown, including a Drake Stoops, who's as clutch as it gets, that almost turned into an interception, right? Um, you had a DG... Nazi guys open probably four to, you know, maybe five plays on the night, at least that are big plays and possible touchdown plays. If he sees it, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, you know, you put all that together. Um, and then even, uh, you know, some busts on the defensive end still, right. The, the fourth down play and giving up that wheel route, et cetera. And they won by 17. And, and again, this is a team. I have to say this. I was the one saying before the season, this is a game I circled as a potential upset alert, that this was the team that had enough talent that if OU didn't show up with their heads on straight, they could be walking out with, oh, this is that loss to a team that we shouldn't lose to, but we did. Well, They we won by 17, not playing well. Yeah, and I was going to say, and even last year, I think they lose this game. A hundred percent. And so, I and, mean, like the, the, the hyper hopium, all that to say is this great teams still win. Well, first of all, what is it? Good teams win. Great teams cover, right? That's always the statement. The other one is that great teams win when they don't play well. And not only did they cover, they covered not playing well against a team that I think is pretty dang good. And by the way, stone this week played 10 times better than he did last week against Louisiana tech. He played a ton better. And the only other last thing I will say about college football in general, let's take a deep breath. Let's see what happens moving forward because let's also remember Baylor looked like absolute trash in week one and then nearly beat a very highly ranked opponent this week, right? Like, 
it, they are not robots. They are human beings that that have bad days. And we got lucky that we had a bad night where we didn't play well, didn't coach well, and we still won a football game. Yeah, and SMU what was it seventy four or seventy something seventy something games they've scored like twenty five or more points or something weird, some crazy stat. Like offensively over the last like six years, they've been actually one of the top teams in college football, which I didn't they've realize. Been top fifteen offense, yeah, yeah. So, and you shut that down. So, you know, and by the way, hey, I'm still under my pick. So, Troy, just telling you, buddy. So, um, but yeah, no, that there's is, that's the bad. defense. The defense right now is the, very much the strength of this team. Um, and the offense has a lot of potential that we just need to put in position to succeed. Simply put. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So, well, very good. Well, again, hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please like, subscribe, all those fun things. Leave comments. Leave five-star reviews. Heck, leave a four-star review. It is called Just an Okay Podcast. Why not give us four stars instead of five stars, right? But either way, it all helps us, um, and so we would appreciate it very, very much. We're having a great time. We hope you are, too. I'm Daryl. That's Jared, and we will talk to you guys later. Night, Baker. You can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the ball.